Welcome back to EM Stud. This is Dr. Nate, and it is now September 2015. Wait, September? Holy crap, where has the time gone? That means EM Stud is almost a year old. And for those of you who keep on coming back, thank you so much for your continued dedication to the podcast. It is awesome to see so many of you still visiting the site and downloading the episodes. And for those of you just now tuning in, welcome. I hope you'll find this material interesting and helpful, and if not, at least consider it a way to treat insomnia. So, I thought long and hard about this episode's topic because, after all, we are in the groove with EM rotations. All around the country, excited, enthusiastic, hardworking, brown-nosing, I mean, dedicated medical students hoping to pursue EM careers are all up in our EDs like nobody's business. I can just feel the sheer volume of applications, personal statements, and letters of recommendation being written as I speak. And don't forget, interviews are coming up soon, too. Now, why would I throw a monkey wrench into all of that momentum? Why would I sabotage everyone's positive energy to stop and talk about something as depressing as burnout? Well, one reason is that it seemed like a good idea at the time. But no, really, it is an incredibly important topic to understand, to recognize, to avoid, to mitigate if necessary, and who knows, it may even become a topic of discussion on interview day. So with that in mind, I totally reserve the right to use as many silly sound effects as I want in this episode in order to get through what is truly a very serious and overlooked problem. So let me start by describing to you the first time I felt burnt out. In a previous life, when I was an EMS provider, I ran a call that involved a patient with a serious and what was ultimately a mortal injury. Afterwards, I felt myself questioning if what I was doing was worth it, whether I was good enough to do the job justice. For months, I felt myself detached from what I loved about EMS in the first place, the chance to help, the chance to save, and a chance to look cool while driving down the street with the strobe lights on. I wasn't sleeping well. I was cynical and apathetic. I even began to question the sincerity of my fellow providers in the care they gave, because I simply could not see the point. So I took some time for myself, and after a while, things turned around. I became excited again. In fact, I decided to go into emergency medicine shortly thereafter, even knowing that in hindsight, I had let the job get to me and that it could very well happen again. There is no question that burnout is a risk for many occupations, particularly in medicine and in the interest of full disclosure, especially in emergency medicine. So why is that? Why do EM docs burn out? Well, sometimes it is related to a specific and memorable case, but often it is a result of the accumulation of many smaller things, like working night shifts or an irregular schedule. Dealing with difficult patients who are often under a lot of stress for their own reasons. Spending way too much time charting on a computer. Being constantly exposed to work hazards like physical violence, communicable diseases, and unpredictability. Or frequently having to make difficult decisions with the ever-present risk of malpractice weighing on our minds. And maybe, just maybe, we wouldn't become burnt out if we simply didn't care so much in the first place. 
But that's not who we are. That's not who you are if you're listening to this podcast. No, instead, we push ourselves to be better, to always have the right answer and get the good outcome. We hold ourselves to the highest standards, and when we fall short, it hurts. Well, exactly how much does it hurt? In 2012, a study was published looking at the burnout rate of U.S. physicians compared to the general population. The investigators used a validated burnout measurement tool called the Maslach Burnout Inventory, or MBI. The MBI assesses three domains. First, emotional exhaustion, or the loss of enthusiasm for work. Second, depersonalization, or the development of cynicism. And third, low personal accomplishment, or loss of the sense that you're doing well at what you're, well, doing. So this assessment tool, the MBI, was given to physicians along with non-physician population controls for comparison, and in total, almost 7,300 physicians completed the survey. Of those, the median age was 55, 72% were male, 74% worked outside of primary care, a little more than half worked in private practice, and about a fifth worked at an academic medical center. A lot of specialties were represented among the respondents, the largest ones being internal medicine subspecialties, making up 14% of the group, family medicine, about 10%, general surgery and surgical subspecialties, 9%, general internal medicine, 8%, psychiatry, 7%, and emergency medicine, around 4.5%. The results of the survey were that 38% of the physician respondents reported emotional exhaustion, 30% reported depersonalization, and over 12% had a low sense of personal accomplishment. Alarmingly, 46% of all physicians reported experiencing at least one symptom of burnout, and fewer than half felt their work schedule left enough time for personal or family life. Compared with population controls, physicians were at a statistically significant higher risk for emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and overall burnout. Also assessed were symptoms of depression and suicidal ideation in the last 12 months. And although in this study the rates were not statistically higher than in the population controls, a higher risk of depression and suicide among physicians and medical students have been reported elsewhere. So that was looking at physicians overall as one big group. But broken down by specialty, the results are even more worrisome. Out of 24 medical specialty subgroups, guess which one had the highest rate of burnout? I'll give you a hint. It starts with E and ends with emergency medicine. The percent reporting burnout in EM was 60 to 70% higher then internal medicine, OBGYN, general surgery, neurosurgery, psychiatry, and all of the others. Interestingly, the lowest rates of burnout were reported for pathology, dermatology, general pediatrics, and preventive medicine. But 60 to 70 percent, that is a big deal. Even when adjusted for age, gender, call schedule, relationship status, hours worked per week, years since graduation, EM still had an odds ratio of 3.18, suggesting that emergency physicians may be at a greater than threefold higher risk for burnout. And this wasn't the only study with data this disheartening. Others, looking at emergency physicians specifically, have come up with burnout rates in the 30 to 60% range. 
supporting the notion that this is not an insignificant problem in EM. In studies looking at residents specifically, as opposed to practicing emergency physicians, burnout has also been described as being highly prevalent. And in residents, factors such as increased responsibility and autonomy, clinical uncertainty, and long work hours likely play a role in addition to the challenges faced by their attending counterparts. But out of all of this, the good news is that we are developing tools and strategies to address this problem. Wellness education can help us learn to identify those at risk so that measures can be taken before things become too serious. Resiliency strategies can help us to avoid burnout entirely. As we are continuing to recognize the importance of work-life balance, we are able to train future emergency physicians to be more resilient, more productive, more empathetic, and ultimately more satisfied with their career. So really, the first step in all of this is knowing the signs and symptoms of burnout, similar to how you have learned the signs and symptoms of an MI or appendicitis. You first need to know what you are looking for in order to spot it, which is critical not just for identifying burnout in yourself, but also in your peers. Symptoms of emotional exhaustion can include excessive worrying, anxiety, depression, and guilt. Finding yourself easily overwhelmed or unable to get your work done effectively can be clues to loss of concentration and attention. Physical signs can manifest too, like insomnia, fatigue, loss of appetite, and GI problems. Also, Changes in personality like irritability or angry outbursts are red flags for a serious problem. Depersonalization or cynicism can be apparent in friends or colleagues when they no longer seem to be enjoying themselves. They may simply be more pessimistic than usual and later on isolate themselves by not communicating or socializing as much and perhaps showing up late for work. Now, I don't necessarily believe that anyone's going to love every single minute of his or her job. But when you find yourself or someone else not enjoying any of it at all, there could be some serious burnout setting in. Finally, if burnout progresses to feelings of apathy and hopelessness, to the point of depression, drug or alcohol abuse, marital problems, or suicidal ideation, professional help is necessary. Now, I'm no expert in work-life balance or wellness education, but there are a number of burnout prevention or resiliency strategies that make a lot of sense to me. First and foremost, I believe it is critical to have a strong support system. This may include friends and family at home, a mentor where you work, or simply a colleague who keeps an eye out for you while you do the same. Having someone you can trust and talk to is a necessity in our line of work, and fostering these relationships is worth the time investment. Next, stay healthy. I remember as a resident, the only food source I could reliably find in the hospital that I was willing to consume was Chick-fil-A. There was nothing quite like a greasy, fried chicken sandwich in the middle of a long call night. But looking back, that probably was not the best option, despite how tasty and immediately gratifying it was. Instead, eating healthy, and remembering to eat, by the way, is important to maintain your energy and concentration. Exercise is also important. Not only does staying in shape help you keep up with the physical demands of your job, it is also a great way to reduce stress. Sleep is also crucial. 
Ask any resident, and I bet sleep is at or near the top of their wish list. But in EM, healthy sleep can be tricky given our shift work, so try to stick to a regular sleep schedule as much as you can, and if you work nights and need to sleep during the day, try blackout curtains or other ways to minimize light and noise to improve the quality of your sleep. And it's also best to avoid caffeine, alcohol, and heavy meals right before going to bed. Finally, having a hobby or some other outside interest is key to staying balanced. I used to specifically ask students on residency interviews about their hobbies because I knew that the ones who had avid interests outside of medicine were likely able to handle the stresses of residency. As a friend of mine once told me, it doesn't matter if you read books, play golf, or spend hours at a time with a Rubik's Cube, so long as you have a healthy distraction to mentally refresh and recharge yourself. So to wrap up, burnout is a real issue in emergency medicine, but all it takes is some awareness, some resiliency strategies, and maintenance of a work-life balance to keep it in check. For more on burnout and references to the studies I referred to in this episode, visit our website at www.emstud.com. If you have any tips of your own for avoiding burnout, feel free to post in the comment section on our website, Facebook, Google+, or Tumblr pages, or send me a tweet at emstudpodcast. That's it for now. Keep plugging away at those EM rotations and applications, and I'll catch you later on EM Stud.